Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 20 of another Woodshop Podcast. The only podcast that, when played backwards, sounds just like Wood Talk. What's going on, boys? <laughs> All right, you get to keep your job. All right. <laughs> just made my paycheck. <laughs> oh, what is that was, happening, that was boys? Good. That was pretty good. I'm proud What's going of you. faces. That may have been your best intro your line best ever. All the other Thank ones, you. Super bad. It only took 20 episodes to get a good one. I'm right. super proud of you. <laughs> We're getting there. Actually, all jokes aside, they've all been really good. That was just extra good. Dan, would you say, would you agree with me that they were fire? (sighs) They were fire. They were fire. I would agree with that. Daniel. Are you on on board with this? You're you're giving the thumbs up on fire? It's mainly just because you get so mad about it. I'm a 41-year-old who says fire. Fire. Oh, God. Yeah, get on board, Michael. He's polling. Listen, before Dan, the only person that said trending train is leaving the station. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, we have a sponsor. Yes, we do. Their name is Bear Hollow Supply. Thank you to Bear Hollow Supply. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for uh, for sponsoring us. (laughs) Mainly, Uh, we appreciate what they have to offer, and uh, they've got really great stuff. I actually have some undermount slides. I'm going to be installing this week. I have not gotten to it yet because I've been pretty busy, but thank you to Bear Hall Supply. They got really great hardware and other woodworking supplies. They recently picked up lumber. Actually, they're selling oh, lumber really? at their stores or uh, online. Actually, they'll still, uh, they'll send it to your house. You give them money. They give you lumber. Bear Hall Supply. Whoa. That's their new that's motto. Pretty, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> so, I like it. Anyway. I did like your transition because we were talking about things that are fire and you went to Bear Hall Supply, <laughs> which has just fire swag and and hardware, and you nailed it. Pew, pew, pew. Love it. Subs Solid. dropping. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> oh, oh, my Dan's bummed out. I can see it in Dan's face. Yep. <laughs> well, no. I want to talk about thank something you, special. Thank you, as Bear well, Hollow. Yeah, appreciate yeah, Bear, Bear Hollow. Thank you very much. And I want to talk about something special. Our other sponsor, Z, with a Z, which is our patrons. Yes. Our wonderful patrons. Yes. Uh, big, huge, enormous thank you to all of you that have signed up. We have been absolutely it's, blown away. It's crazy. Blown like, away. This is not like at all like underplayed. Like we are blown away by the amount of support we're getting from the community. We absolutely. love you guys. You guys are great. And we want to make sure to keep providing great content for you. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we have a Patreon. We're offering a lot of great stuff. Anything from uh, stickers. We're going to be getting t-shirts now. And not just one style. We're going to be having multiples. Um, we have the pre-show that gets dropped. And that is, oh, fair warning. This Explicit. week's pre-show? It's, we, it's fire. I cried multiple times. but It's good fire. Way. It's fire. Fuego. <laughs> Pete, Pete cried. <laughs> I it's cried. It's fuego. fuego. It's muy en fuego. It's muy fuego. <laughs> So good. We have the we're dropping the video of the episode, and it's just so good. You guys are gonna love it. And best part is, you know, you guys don't want to wait till Sunday night to listen to a podcast. No, you want to do it on Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning when, when you're, you're out getting in, the shop. in there. Yep, exactly. You know, driving with your family on a Sunday road trip, you just want to play it because <laughs> we know your whole family listens to it because we're clean. That's right. Just don't play the pre-show, please. 
Yeah, no, <laughs> you do get early access to the episodes, which is really cool. And like, you don't have to do anything special. Just once you signed up, you have the RSS feed. It just drops into your podcast catcher, and you're set. You're done. Boom. That's it. Well, hey. Now, speaking wait. of Patreon, Ooh. we got some new patrons this week. Oh, what's uh, that? And we all put money on that we wouldn't get anymore, so we all lost. Yep. So uh, <laughs> we got, I lost big time. I wanted to name. We're gonna name the new patrons every week. Um, yeah, Dan put a lot of money on no. <laughs> um, first, we got Andrew Kremer from Alpha Kilo. We got Woo. John Faminella from Texas Yankee Carpentry. We got Jason Bragg from Family Generations Woodworks. We got Brad Gillespie from Ethan or Ethan Creek Woodworks. We got Doug Handler from Social. Uh, that's his email. I'm not going to give that out. Uh, we got <laughs> we got Scott Orman from Dad It Yourself DIY. We got David Miller and we got Chad Hibbs. Thank you so much, you guys and gals. There's no gals in that that's list, awesome. but there are some gals in our Patreon. There are a few gals. We have some not gals. in that yeah. list, but we do have some gals, and we appreciate all of you. The overall so very much, so very. And much. look, we we mispronounced your names for free. Like that's a bonus on us. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> No, I, uh, we didn't mispronounce. Mike did. Hey, what the heck? Oh, oh that's right. Bus yeah, driver Dan right. over here. Well, speaking of Mike, Mike, <laughs> uh, Wom, bro, Wom, Wom. What's, what's on what's my on bench? Your bench. What's um, on my bench? Yeah, you don't have to sing it. I have the sound bite. Oh, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I enjoy singing it though. What's well, on my week, bench? I uh, built a few things on my workbench, which is good. I built a. Uh, I made a little. Um. Like a thin blue line epoxy flag bottle opener. I knocked out a little charcuterie board for my aunt as a gift. And I started designing this coffee table. So I've actually got the design done. I finished that infusion uh, last night. And that's kind of what's been on my bench. It's been kind of a slow week again, actually. Um, but that's that's what I've gotten done. Tomorrow I'm going to be heading to Macbeth. And I'm going to be getting the redwood slab flattened on their giant wide belt sander so that I can start really getting to work on that thing. So that's I'm surprised you don't have a giant wide belt sander in your own shop. <laughs> Chump. <laughs> As you pour another bourbon. Oh no, you have scotch, it's, right? It's scotch. It's yes, scotch. It's the finest, the finest dizzy scotch. water. It's the finest Irish scotch. Um, <laughs> Wait, does Poland make a scotch? <laughs> the, the finest, finest Scottish scotch. <laughs> It's probably made out of a potato still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, episode anyway, title. that's it for me. Daniel, What? Uh, what's on your bench? What? Well, let me tell you. Yeah, that's um, the whole point of this. Actually, I'll tell um, you what. <laughs> I, made a, I made a quick little ingrain walnut cutting board just mm-hmm. because I was in between like glue-ups and stuff. And I'm also starting on the, the bookcases that are on that are going to be on either side of the big walnut desk that I've been working on for like the last seven years, it feels <laughs> like. Um, and those clients actually texted me today and they asked me how progress was going. And I told them, you know, it's, it's going well. Um, and they're they're They were super excited and they said, that's great, but we have another project we want you to work on, which is Ooh. this super modern, like, a shelf system that's going to go on their entryway and that's going to be really that's going to be fire yeah it is i hate hate this show (laughs) (laughs) so i got a few things on my bench uh what's up with you uh pete 
Yep, thanks. Did you forget his my name? name? I appreciate it. <laughs> I couldn't remember it. <laughs> I was like, was it Mike? Was it Pete? I don't know. It's fine. What's on uh, yeah. your bench, buddy? Well, <laughs> what's on your bench, guy? Pal? Hey, guy, friend. Jeez. Yeah, I remember you. You're a uh, dude. <laughs> we always called you dude. <laughs> You're the, uh, uh, what's on your bench, Charlie? Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. That's right. Oh, yeah. That plays in. Hopefully yep, only the uh, pre-show people will get that. <laughs> So what's on my bench, you ask? Uh, well, I, last weekend, uh, me and Emma packed up the car. We packed half of the shop up into the back of my Subaru and drove up to Connecticut to where we're going to get married. And basically, we're getting married in a barn. Uh, it's a family property with a big barn that I, God, I wish was my shop. It's just so much space there. Sweet. Does it have and, a dirt uh, floor? Does it have what? Dirt floor. It does not. It's not concrete. a real barn. Well, it was, but they poured concrete. <laughs> Okay, it's got up uh, upcycled, Dan. Upcycled. <laughs> okay. Anyways, they're doing a lot of repairs. They're uh, they had to tear out some floorboards from the second floor that isn't really being used, and they were using that to patch the outside. And there's just tons of the barnwood left. So we built a rolling bar for the wedding, and they do a lot of family events there too. So we're gonna be using that too. It's got a cool little chevron pattern, and it's like the most Pinterest thing I have ever made in my life. <laughs> Actually, I kind of hate myself for it, but it's I'm gonna, so I'm going to cut nice. you off. Like, it's that, fire. That turned out really great. <laughs> it, yes, it's Michael. so yes, good. It's yes. fire. Mike, stop trying to. Ugh. You're like, now you sound like a dad trying it's, to sound cool. It's fire. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you're doing it wrong, dad. But no, it, just it turned out really great. It really did yeah, turn out. It turned out really great. I, I love it. I actually, I'm really excited about it. Uh, our family's excited about it. They've, they've been using it already. Um, and aside from that, I got the, uh, the the chuck box that I made. I hit it with some poly and sealed it finally. up. Made a new drawer for it. Yeah, finally. I, I don't like finishing stuff. <laughs> Someone asked us about finishing. I don't like finishing. But I finished <laughs> it up and I delivered it. Rack. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Every week with this crap. That cutting board rack is fire. <laughs> no, I'm about to set fire to it so you stop talking about it. <laughs> uh, so I delivered it to the customer and they paid me in beer. I mean, there's money exchange too, but I got beer, local craft beer, and I will never say no to that. Did I miss so something? That was I thought cool. that wasn't for Filson. That was well, well Filson didn't want the actual. Product. Oh, so you were able to sell it? Yeah, that's well, I sick. Was, like, because I we have like a super fancy, like crazy one that we made yeah, yeah, for yeah. our car. That's literally yeah. a built-in. You, yeah, so you kept like, the nice I mean, one for you. Filson got the trash. <laughs> well, this one, this one is way better than the first no, one. No, I'm just I made, joking. Yeah. So, so you were have to make what? it and do the sponsor, and then you. That's sick. Good job, Pete. I'm yeah. Proud of you. They wanted the that plans. Is a they fire wanted the transaction. This was really. Cool. <laughs> you uh, really yeah. need to stop. I triple nope. dipped. You're ruining <laughs> this, Michael. Oh, stop I'm it. You're it? embarrassing yourself, Michael. Michael. That's really sick, Pete. I didn't know that. Keep keep drinking. You're too sober. You. Uh, and that's about about it. Uh, cool. Yeah, that that's it. Should we jump into voicemails? Because we have a lot of them. I think we should. Oh we my have, gosh, uh, we have so roughly twenty. We have as many voicemails as we've have have episodes. That's true. I mean, yep. you know, some oh, that's accurately put yes. in there. Some so guy, the guy who pulls in all the voicemails screwed up and kind of doubled up on some. But um, that's, that's fine. <laughs> He's fired. So uh, we're gonna get to the voicemails, and the first voicemail is from Andrew with Alpha Kilo. <clears throat> Thank you, Andrew. Mm. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Andy from Alpha Kilo Woodworking. Question for you on the content creation side of the house. I know a lot of us are using our iPhones to record content and then edit it down to the one to two minutes um, for the IG. 
less than 20 for YouTube if we're doing a channel. Um, but what does everybody do with their stock footage? Do you leave it on the phone? Do you load it up to the cloud, which still saves it onto your phone, unfortunately? Um, or do you transfer it to a hard drive or do you get rid of it all completely and just save the final product that you edited down to earlier? Um, appreciate any input that you guys have. Love the podcast. Love what you guys are doing. I look forward to it every week. You guys are completely entertaining and keep up the good work. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it, man. Dan, what do you do? Well, because of my other business, which is a photography company. um, Oh, when did you start that? Really? What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew. but uh, pretty big deal in the um, photography world. (laughs) Kind of a big deal. Um, I pay for a a pro, like, Dropbox account. And I think that gets me, like, two terabytes of, of space. So I have it set up to where whenever I take a picture or take a video on my phone that it uploads automatically to Dropbox. Mm -hmm. So whenever my phone fills up, I can go through and delete everything and start fresh and everything's saved on Dropbox. Nice. And it's, I think, I think the pro accounts like hundred dollars a year, which it may sound like a lot, but when, when that's like an integral part of your business, it's not, it's not too much. Makes sense. What about you, Pete? So for me, I actually struggled for a while with handling video on my phone because you tend to like record a bunch of stuff and maybe you're not done with the project and then you take a hundred pictures because it's so effortless and then it, stuff starts getting lost in there. I actually recently watched a video by Adam Savage that have com- has completely changed the way I record on my phone and that is he will, you know, like in, in the beginning of a movie where they're shooting a scene, they do the little clap. Clapper, click, clicker, whatever the thing is. It's called a clicky um, clacker. Yeah, the clicky clacker. <laughs> so they use a clicky clacker. It goes, fap, you know, Technical whatever. Technical term. Technically yeah, yeah, yeah. a clicky clacker. Yeah, go ahead. We're, we're from the industry. We get it. <laughs> so he legitimately holds up a piece of paper that'll be like, you know, like I'll use this example of my my most recent build, which was the, uh, uh, the flip top cart. It'll say like flip top cart. And that's the first shot of the scene. So on as he's going through the, the actual photos... It shows that as the first thing. And then on the last shot, he'll do the same exact thing. So he knows where the start and the end is. Hmm. And then he can just export those out. As far as exporting, I, I do I do it on my phone now. Anytime I record on my phone, I do an in and an out. It, it's, it makes it so much easier. I just go to videos and I know, okay, well, these right here, this is all the content for this video. Um, as for saving it, all of it gets exported onto my computer. I don't trust it to be an iCloud or my phone. It gets lost in a shuffle. Uh, and I also have what's called a RAID setup on my computer, on my external. So Boom. basically my data is split up <clears throat> over three drives and I can lose up to one drive and no data will be lost, which is really, really fancy and fun. Uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, I do a few things for my phone. And up until about, I don't know when I got my camera, like a month or two ago, uh, I did everything. I have the two terabyte iCloud drive um i pay for that i don't know what that is it's pretty cheap per month but um it's like 10 bucks i think yeah i think that's right and it's split uh, it's across the family like 100 a year so like it's one of those it's like yeah 120 or something like that it's pretty close to dropbox but anyway i have that say i'm getting ripped off it's it's 120 a year and it's built into my phone so i just pay for that because i 
I run all of our personal life out of iCloud as well. So um, <clears throat> I have that and that's where I save that. But in terms of my stock footage, like I clear out stuff that I know I didn't use in a project, but I haven't really recorded any projects on my phone since I got my camera. So I just keep everything in iCloud that I record on my phone. But um, the uh, the stuff on my camera, what I'm doing now is I have an external hard drive that I save the SD cards from the from my camera to the external hard drive. And I actually have a RAID as well on my main tower here to the right of me. And I actually have so it, that backed up twice on there as well because I have lost whole hard drives in the past. And that's why... Uh, started having a backup system. So this, my actual computer that I'm pointing at that no one can see is, uh, it's oh, got, nice. it's got multiple hard drives in it and uh, a lot of it's redundant for that very reason. So it's got all my photos saved on there multiple times uh, from my camera. So that's kind of how I do it. So I think that's the answer to that. Yeah. Anything else? No? Okay. No, that's it. Um, this next question is from Andrew Denbeck and he has a question for us about dust collection. Hey guys, this is Andrew from ADD Woodworking on Instagram. Um, I have a question for Mike and Pete about dust collection. Um, I know you guys have talked about dust collection in general before, um, but when buying a new tool, um, how much does the the dust collection on that tool play into your decision to buy it or not? Um, I know that uh, David Picciuto has talked about how it's one of the top things that he thinks about when he buys a new tool, Um, but what about you guys? Thanks. Pete? Oh, man. First of all, wow. Such shade. (laughs) We love it. So much shade. Dan was very upset. (laughs) Uh, So for me, it used to not really matter because I just assumed it would, like, have some kind of dust collection. But now, now now that I have more tools that have proper dust collection and dust collection ports on them, like, I cannot use my Merca without a dust uh, with a without a vacuum hooked up to it i used it outside on this barn build that i made i was uh, sanding the top and i couldn't even use it outdoors because it creates so much dust because it removes so much material so i do think about it a lot more nowadays i definitely uh, that's one of the considerations that i have when i'm buying a tool if something has really crappy dust collection or no dust collection it's probably getting moved out on the list moved down on the list uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, dust collection is like super important to me. I it's really a big factor, and it's one of the yeah. main. It's it's a big reason why I upgrade is because you know I I guess got you spend so much time cleaning your shop, mm-hmm. and, and you like just I just want to build stuff. Like I'm not into just cleaning my shop. I don't want to spend time cleaning my shop. Um, I want to spend time building stuff, and when I don't have to worry about dust all over the place or sawdust all over the place, I can do that. So for me, it's a huge factor. Like it goes, it it's you know the reason I went from a contractor saw to a uh, cabinet saw, and you know other things. Perfect example. Well. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like it's important to me. It's really important. I also, you know, very early. I've only been doing this for a couple of years, but like when I first started getting into this, you know, I started watching videos and people were talking about. I saw some video that sc- scared the crap out of me about, uh, you know, the fine dust and what it can do to your lungs and stuff. So I started watching those videos and I was like, oh, this is, this is important. So for me, it's, it's pretty high up on the list. Also, if you have, uh, if you have climate control in your shop, either heat or AC, you don't want to have to be opening up your garage doors to vent out sawdust. Right. 
you know, you're you're in that room. Like Mike, now you you, you have the AC in your shop too. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to make sure you have dust collection because you're not wanting to open up that <laughs> that door. No, it's 100 degrees outside. I'm not opening exactly. that door up ever. I keep it uh, locked down. Dan, any thoughts on our answers? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing woodworking since 1997, so I Wood don't flex, but okay. I don't have any. <laughs> I don't have. I, I guess I don't have any knowledge on on dust collection. I don't. I'm. I don't know. Uh, next. All right. So the next question is from Caleb <laughs> with Minnesota. Well, Dan, hypothetically, if you were to care if you about were dust to get collection, dust collection, would you what would you? Them? How important would it be to you? First of all, I care <laughs> about dust collection. Have you G-D seen my 120 it. CFM? <laughs> Craftsman late nineties shop vac. <laughs> I have a I have a very nice shop vac. I'll have you know that's good. It's a shopsmith dust vac. Shopsmith dust vac. Shopsmith shop vac. I mean it's it's pretty important. I I I work out of a garage. It's a, it's a pretty small space, so you know I I take that into consideration as well. Um. Well, but you know the question wasn't directed to me, so uh, next. <laughs> oh man, damn! <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Um, next. All right, so this next question is from Caleb Jordan. Hey guys, this is Caleb from the up north Minnesota shop. Uh, Jay the D brought the uh, Jay the D heavy <laughs> questions last week, so I'm going to keep it light. Um, I actually have a question and a request, if you want to call it that. Um, my question is, when you're uh, building a tabletop, do you sand and finish the bottom exactly the same as the top, or uh, maybe not go quite as uh, far through the grits on the bottom and maybe not quite as many coats of finish on the on the bottom of the table as you would the top, um, or do you do the same? And then my... Uh, request suggestion is my life is not the same without dan's hot tip uh (laughs) each week so uh i'd love to hear dan's hot tip each week throw a little segment in there do a weird little sound bite um but dan you got to give it to us each week thanks dan go first i can't go first i can't go okay 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 i'm thinking about the hot tip (laughs) Ooh. uh yes i so i will not finish Usually, if I'm doing a tabletop, I'm not finishing to the same exact level as the top, uh, but I am absolutely finishing enough to when I apply. You know, first of all, I'm finish. I'm sanding it a little bit, and I'm finishing it. I'm applying finish. I'm sealing it up. One of the biggest mistakes you can make, and I've made it when I was a younger woodworker, is not finishing one side of a tabletop. It will it will bow on you. It'll move. It'll cup. Because what's happening is it's absorbing moisture from what, from the bottom and not from the top because the top is sealed up. So you want to make sure you're sealing it up all the way around. So even if you don't sand to the same grit, which I usually I'll, – I'll sand it up, but I might not raise the grain on it. Whereas on top, I'm going to go over the top. Haha, <laughs> over the top on the top. Get it? Anyways, but I will finish. I will apply finish to all of it to seal the grain completely. What about you, Mike? Uh, I think you should do the same to the top as the bottom. Just because – Actually, I don't really have a good reason for it. I just kind of consistency. I really like nope. re- – I react to tactile that. things. And if I'm rubbing my hand on the top of a tabletop and then I rub my hands on the bottom of a ta- – like actually this desk I'm touching right now, 
it has a different feel underneath than it does on top, even though it's fake. It's not real wood. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like that. <laughs> so for me, I, that's what I, one of the things I don't like about this desk is that when I feel the top, it's smooth. When I feel underneath, it's rough. And I don't like that about that. So it's just one of those tactile things for me. So the answer is that's yes. I if, if someone's like sticking gum underneath the table, you don't want them to like feel how rough it is. Like that's, yeah, that's that super accurate and very much what I was talking about. Dan, what about you? <laughs> Um, I, I, I kind of have like, uh, an answer that like takes both of your guys's, uh, opinions into effect. I, I, I will finish both sides of the tabletop, but the bottom side will usually get sanded to 80, maybe 120 at best, but the edges of the tabletop on the bottom side will get finished the same as the top. Because who is going to feel the middle of the bottom as opposed to the bottom edges? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? You. Yeah, normal person is yeah. not going to be under their feeling. Yes, but, you know, as Pete said, if if you don't finish everything, it will cup on you over time. Yeah, it needs So it needs some sure. sort of sealant. So yep. mm-hmm. I will make sure that it, it gets at least, like, two coats of sealant, uh, whether that be... Wipe on poly, boiled linseed oil, uh, you know, whatever you're going to do, at least two coats. And the top will get like three to four, maybe five coats for extra protection. Cool. And as far as Dan's hot tip. Oh, my goodness. I wanted I wanted time to come up with something and I don't think I have anything. We can we can we can come back to this. You'll come back to it. Yeah. Yeah, Come back to it. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. All right. This is uh, (laughs) a... What? Yeah. No, I thought you had something, Dan. This is Chad Hibbs. No, I was going to hurt myself thinking about it. Do you know him, Dan? Who? Dan, do you know Chad Hibbs? No? Okay. No, I don't know. Hey, guys. Chad Chad from Chad's Workshop. Really enjoy the podcast and appreciate all the work that you guys put into it. Uh, My question today is in regards to re-sign. You know, when I got my bands, I had kind of dreams of taking some, you know, five, six-quarter material that I had and cutting it down, resawing it down to something like three-eighths inch to a half an inch, really make good use of that material when I need a thinner sock. What I've come to find out is you actually need to start with something quite a bit thicker if you're looking to get down to, you know, three-eighths inch or half inch thick. And maybe the savings on material isn't as great as if I just plane down four-quarter material down to, you know, half inch or, or whatever. So my question for you is, what's your rule of thumb when resawing? If you're looking to get to a certain dimension, you know, what thickness do you usually start with? Look forward to hearing uh, your thoughts on this and, and what you guys would do. Thanks. Pete? I'll take this one. So, uh, a very good friend of mine. You guys have heard me drop his name uh, like we're best God. friends. Yeah, I'll say it. So... <laughs> Here's the thing about the bandsaw. The bandsaw, if it is not dialed in, it will deviate a lot off track and you are going to lose a lot of material. Drift. Uh, yeah, drift, man. Drift, drift, bro. It's a real, real thing. So best thing you can do is tune the heck out of your bandsaw. I don't have a – I just have a older style, early 90s uh, Delta bandsaw. They've been resawn only... since the beginning of time. Doesn't matter <laughs> how old your bandsaw is. It's all about the setup. Mm-hmm. And making sure your guides are set right and the blades set right. And I cannot recommend enough checking out Alex Snodgrass. 
Um, and I'm going to put it in the show notes. Thank you. (laughs) He, he's the bandsaw king. Like he's the guy that like knows bandsaw, bandsaws, bandsaw blades, bandsaw setups. They, he works with Carter. That's, uh, I think it's actually their family business. Um, if I'm correct, like they, they make Carter guys. You may have heard that, uh, said before that Carter also makes blades and the way he sets up a bandsaw, he literally remove the table off the bandsaw, which usually we will not even think of. And help you dial it in between from the bottom rollers to the top rollers. And even if you don't have uh, rolling guides, that's fine. Once you tune it, I can guarantee you, you're going to be getting straighter cuts. You're going to be wasting way less material. And you're not going to be getting drift when you're cutting on that bandsaw. And you're going to get way better results. Another option is using your table saw. But I got to be honest, that's a little sketchy. I don't recommend it to a lot of people. Plus, you can only go as high as your blade will go up. What about you, Mike? I know you have Fancy Laguna. Well, it doesn't matter what brand no. bandsaw you have. Uh, but you get a little, a little why you're attacking Laguna yours. is very weird right now. I um, love Laguna. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, honestly, it's just about dialing it in. You really, when you put your, it's why I don't like taking my blade off ever is because every time you swap your blade out, you have to redial the thing in essentially. That's why I have, mm-hmm. I have a little baby Delta. It's like a seven or eight inch Delta that I use for as much scroll work and radius cutting as I can. It can't handle a lot. It's like a third horsepower or something. Um, and then I have my Laguna, which I keep my resaw blade on, and I'll do like really wide sweeping radiuses and a lot of resawing on there. But if you're dialed and you're you're not going to be seeing any drift, um, you should only lose the kerf, and the, that's the thickness of the blade when you do your resaw. So you should be able to get um, you should be able to factor that in pretty easily when you buy your lumber. Um, for me though, I don't really buy lumber to resaw it. I usually just kind of go, oh, do I have this sitting in my stock? And I just grab whatever I've got that I can resaw down. And then whatever I have left over is what I have left over. So it's not really like a it's not like a cost saving. Usually if I'm resawing, it's because I don't have the size product I need on hand. So I cut it down from something else. Um, I don't usually go and buy it. But the other thing is you can't really buy three-eighths lumber. You got to go buy um, – you know, four quarter, which is actually 13 sixteenths. And then you got to resaw that down and then minus the curve of that, that actually will end up giving you two, three eighths pieces of uh, lumber if you have zero drift. So, um, you know, it is kind of hard to get zero drift, but in theory, you should be able to tune up your bandsaw to get zero drift. Dan, resawing. Yes. Um, I, I have a tiny little, uh, I think it's, I think it might be a little eight inch Hitachi bandsaw. Mm-hmm. It's something I picked off picked up off of uh, Craigslist years ago. So I don't have a whole lot of experience with this, believe it or not. So I'm just gonna say a ditto to what these guys said. Okay, perfect. Yeah, um, I have none to add. All right, our next question is from Jake Vance, and he has a question about woodworking. <laughs> hey guys, Jake from JV Woodworks here. Uh, had a question about tool purchases. I know you uh, have all kind of said at different times that you're uh, buy once, cry once type of guys, but is there anything that uh, you actually don't believe in that mindset on? Any tools you think it's best just to uh, buy cheap or upgrade incrementally as you need? Let me know what you think. Pete? So, yeah, any tool that genuinely will improve your workflow is worth the buy once, cry once, 100%. What, what isn't worth it, though? What isn't worth it? I think, you know, depending on your workflow, 
like, all right, maybe a joiner might not be, you might not need to go for top of the line, eight inch, whatever, like a basic bench top, six inch will do fine. Um, you know, a sander, most of us, that's, that's especially a tool, like handheld tools are things you kind of work up to, uh, especially like, I mean, we've got the Merca now, but in reality, we were all fine with either the Bosch or the DeWalt for a while. <laughs> we we just didn't know what we were missing. Okay, we were fine with them because we didn't know that there was even a better option. I was fine. Um, I think another <laughs> thing that you're okay to, depending on what you're doing, to go up incrementally is like, all right, first you get a um, a dowel jig, then you get a biscuit joiner, then you get a domino. But if you're doing a lot of cabinetry, you're going for the domino. Don't even waste your time and money on everything else because you're going to literally pay yourself back in the time you're saving. I have paid myself back hours with this Merca Darrow sander. Like it's saving me hours of sanding. It's a legitimate thing. Like same thing with the drum sander. We, we talk a lot about the drum sander. It saves a lot of freaking time. So it is kind of specific to what you do. Like I do cutting boards and I, when I do end grade cutting boards, I need a drum sander. But if I wasn't doing end grade cutting boards, I would absolutely wait to get a drum sander. I don't really need it yet. So what about you, Dan? Actually, I think, I think clamps, you don't need Ooh, to go top of the line, one. like right of the way, right out of the, the gate. You can go to Harbor Freight and, and, and buy their, their cheap, uh, you know, grip clamps or whatever they are, or, or the F style clamps. Um, what what are they like five or six dollars a piece? They're pretty cheap. You the can buy that. Sells I like know, three I know. bucks. I have piles. Yeah, of they're them. they're really cheap. So you don't need to. Uh, I'm gonna ruin our future sponsorship here, but <laughs> you don't need to get Bessie right out of the right out of the gate. Uh, you can go with you can go with. Uh, I was not aware that there's even potential for a Bessie well, sponsorship. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there there may or may not be like a potential there. Um, Jesse, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> but you can you can you can get by on like Harbor Freight clamps or like clamps you can find on uh, the Facebook Marketplace. You know, you just need yeah. something that that's gonna like squeeze things together. You you ain't you ain't gotta outfit your shop in all red right away. What about you, Mike? Uh, for me, uh, it's a jigsaw that I don't care about because I literally never use. And so for me, upgrading that means, means nothing. I'll never spend money on, on a jigsaw other than something cheap. Um, I have a hand planer by Win, and I will never upgrade that because I literally use it to clean up really gross beat up stock. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll disagree on the hand sanding tools because, I mean, if you're like weekend warrior, not really doing this very often, then yeah, that's whatever. I get it. The $100 tool, the $100 sander price point makes sense. But if you're doing anything outside of that, um, you're either buying the $100 sander or you're buying the premium sanders. There's not a whole lot of in between. So you're not really like incrementally. You're either going to have the sanders that do the job but really suck and everyone who uses them kind of says sanding sucks. Or you're going to be the one that has the sander that you're like, well, sanding's not so bad anymore. So when you have this whole process that you do on every single project and you can buy this one tool or, you know, there's, you know, Festool makes good tools too. But, you know, the Merca, we got the, I'm, I, I ride and die for the Merca. Um, you know, it makes that whole process better. So to me, it's worth the money. Um, and then, you know, drum sanders aren't only for ingrain cutting boards. 
Um, they're for a lot of things. <laughs> really? Uh, so I use, I mean, I clean up all Fair. my resaw yes. stuff on them. Uh, if I have maple that I need to clean up or, or thickness down, I don't like to throw it through my planer. Uh, because after you resaw so much- something, you can throw it through the drum sander. That's what I just said. Yeah. And, oh, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, uh, and <laughs> so so for drum yeah. sander is, uh, is more than just ingrained cutting boards. I, Definitely don't think it's a necessary tool. I do think that if you're going to buy it, you should just kind of go big as soon as you can. Um, I do like that. Um, but however, if you go the route Pete went where you find like the 1632 size, you're 1632, correct? Yep. That's what Used. Yep. He got it for three. That's a killer deal. And as long as you know that the thing is, uh, dialed, uh, there's no reason not to go that route. Um, yep. But really, and I'm eventually going to go bigger. But right now, yep. I don't need to because it's almost a buy once, cry once already. Yeah, for you, it's, it's a, almost buy once, cry exactly. Yeah, because so. it's a, it's kind of, it's a bit of a we talked about this before. It's a bit of a not a luxury tool, but a, it's a bit of a luxury tool. But a it's, more advanced. It kind of changes like with what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, yes. things change. But I mean, you know, he's kind of asking like what tools aren't yeah. buy once, cry once, and I'm kind of I arguing think, and for I think my we point. We omitted that, like, the, the obvious answer, and that is a table saw. For most people, that is a, a incremental upgrade because most people aren't starting out milling up like tabletops and stuff. You know, I disagree with that as well. Are you milling well, tabletops on a table saw? <laughs> I disagree with that as well. well. Just, I just you know, I think I, that you really want a really good table saw since it's like the most important tool in the shop. In yeah, my I opinion. would I would argue that that's a buy once cry once. I tool. think that's you need to go like as as hard as you can on a table saw myself. I, I'm gonna have to do the classic Peter disagrees with the two professional woodworkers over here. I'm not a professional uh, woodworker. Go with. <laughs> I don't know if you're wearing pants but right now. I I, I firmly <laughs> believe in the you can do a lot with a small good calibrated no one's arguing that middle of the road you can uh, do a lot with all these tools you're paying more for the convenience of how fast they are of course yeah yeah i mean no one i think that's a that's a saw that i upgraded multiple times over time and i'm there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing there's no right or wrong there's no right or wrong i just no you're you're wrong i'm just i'm trying to get my point across i know i'm right for me it's like anyway i i just I get what you're saying. I get the point. I think yeah, it's yeah. all very uh, – you need to be introspective and look at yourself and go, what am I building? It really How do is I need to focus my specific. funds? Yeah. How do I focus my funds? For me, it's a jigsaw because I hate it. Uh, that, that hand planer I use to clean up really beat up wood and uh, everything else I kind of want to be as good as I can. I will agree that like stationary sanding tools you can kind of go pretty cheap on um, until you just can't anymore. Like I've had that – you know, we all know the orange one. Um, the orange, the orange or, uh, edge sander. I've had that thing break on me three times now. <laughs> so I'm just, I got rid of it finally. I'm just, I couldn't handle it anymore. So, um, anyway, it's just some things is just really frustrating to have to keep replacing. And that's, that's yep. my opinion. Follow up? Yeah. Okay. No? Next. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, should we maybe talk giveaway? We're kind of in the middle of the. Ooh, yeah, let's giveaway. jump into the giveaway yeah. here. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Should I, I do another question while you prepare that? Yeah, I need to find the... That's I fine. Let me do another word. question here from... We're definitely uh, not stalling. I'm not <laughs> singing for <laughs> no reason. <laughs> let's, do, let's do this question from... Uh, from Are we on week T- six? <laughs> oh, my God. Do this in your head. I'm going to do uh, yeah. T.K. Stella with T.K. Work- woodworking. <laughs> here we go. What is up, guys? This is T. T.K. Woodworking. So I learned a very valuable lesson. Always double check numbers before you call out. I spoke to a super nice older lady, but she knew nothing about dust collection. 
So my question to you guys is, do you have any advice for those wanting a whole shop dust collection system? Also, do you go with PVC, metal ducting? And lastly, any tips to increase the overall collections? Appreciate you guys. Much love. Keep up the awesome work with the podcast. Dan, uh, Dan, what do you think? Dan's pointing at himself, so I'm going to go real quick. Um, <laughs> uh, to answer this real quick. Um, Tell us what Dan would do. Dan would run down to Home Depot. He'd find the 3.6 gallon rigid. He'd strap a trash can to it. He'd run some two and a half inch piping from, no, Dan, you answer the question. No, you you, you nailed it. Except <laughs> I would buy a shop vac, not a rigid. Oh, okay. And I, thought I, had. <laughs> I would put a I would put a forty five gallon uh, HDPE drum on top of the the shop the bag. blue one food safe. It, yeah, it's food safe. <laughs> That's important. And then I'd put a dust deputy uh, cyclone on top of it, and That's great. Uh, that works great. I, I don't see the problem, Mike. Cool. The, to get the opposite, Mike, you don't hate your lungs. What what would you do? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're gonna go. PV- me and TK already kind of talked about this off the show, but um, if you want to go PVC, oh, insider trading, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I told, her to, <laughs> I told her to call in a question. Um, so for the metal ducting, did you tell I used, her? Or did you ask her? I asked her after oh, I told her. You. I said, "Hey, call into the show," and she said, "Hey, you don't talk to me that way." And I said, <laughs> <laughs> "That is something she would say." No, um, I asked her to call into the show. I don't remember if I asked or told her, but either way, we have a really good relationship, so it was fine. Answer um, the question. No, I'm going to keep going on this weird tangent. <laughs> so then we talked about Otter Pops and how good they are. <laughs> no. um, so I'm using the really thin metal ducting in my <clears> shop, <throat> and that's only really recommended for dust collection or for dust, dust collectors up to like uh, two horsepower. Anything between two and three horsepower, it can actually collapse that metal. So you need something more, more uh, rigid. And you can get the higher gauge commercial, or I guess it would be the lower gauge commercial piping if you want to go with something higher um, in in horsepower. Uh, I personally think that when I upgrade, I will go to an 8-inch PVC again, even though it's more unsightly compared to the 8-inch uh, lower gauge commercial ducting. It's extremely expensive. I need to do some more research, but that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. So, um, and the best thing you can do to maximize your CFMs is to make your, keep your maximum size of your pipe as big as it can be for the longest run. And you want to have as few turns as possible. And you don't want hard nineties. You want like sweeping 45s. You want two 45s instead of a 90 when you make your turn. So you want, that's how you maximize your airflow. You want as, as, as little resistance as possible along the mains. And you want your, I think you don't really want, I think the rule of thumb is no more than three turns. Anything after three turns, you start to really lose your airflow. So that's kind of my answer. Peter? I would, uh, I, I agree with you on pretty much everything. I, I, I think, yeah, the, the less, uh, the, the smoother the surface that the air is running through, the better. Uh, but one of the things that you didn't touch up on that I know you're big on is suction loss. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest problems in a lot of shops. A lot of people will just use those like little metal things, you know, where you tighten with a screwdriver and it gets tighter around the, the fitting. Mm-hmm. That, does, the that doesn't clamp. do squat. 
Those are great. The hose clamps. Yeah, there you go. Uh, forgot how to English for a while. Uh, so those are fine, but just slap a little bit of duct tape or something around there. There's a lot of suction loss in all of those joints. That's one of the biggest issues. And it's okay to run, you know, the flexible, stretchy, you know, the, the, the hose that like collapses and it's got the, the ridges to it. That's fine too. It, it's no, it's enough. not. Well, hey, you hey, lose like almost fifty percent of your CF. You your do airflow lose some you suction, it. but it's still no, like, good. It's but a as lot. Long as it's sealed. It's a lot. Let me answer my okay, question. <laughs> Damn, Dad. Um, it's still better than listen. It's still better than a two and a half inch port uh, hooked up to a vacuum with a dust deputy on it. So what you really want to oh, you, you still want to have a nice tight seal on it. And uh, one thing that we didn't really cover is multiple dust collectors. I've seen uh, multiple shops where. There is a dust collector for these this set of tools and there's a dust collector for this set of tools. And it's actually not the worst idea depending on your setup if it makes sense because you're then not having to split up those CFMs over a long run or multiple tools. You have less air loss that way. So some people will get like one of those wall hanging units for two tools and then everything else on the main. You can do that as well. That's a nice way of doing it. But the smoother you can get it. I think she runs PVC in her shop if I remember correctly. She ran PVC, yeah. Yeah, it, which is, I think, a great way to do it. You already, Thelma, you already had the answers. You're doing it perfectly. Keep on being awesome. I, Mike is wrong. I, I do need to add in <laughs> those flex ahead, PVCs lose a lot of velocity. They lose a lot. I did a lot of research do, on this. But, you, but you really need you to have, minimize the amount of flex PVC that you use. You need to you need to have your drops. You need to have your rigid drops. And you need to have those as short as you can humanly make them because those they have ribbing in them. And that ribbing creates a circular airflow underneath. Anyway, it creates – you can lose up to 50% of your CFM I agree, in, in a but runner. sometimes that's the best option because I don't have an option for a drop in my shop because I have very oh, low yeah. ceilings. But you I can't have to say run it works as well just because that's what you have. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it's but, If you're going to go with something that's like – that's the, the – Best minimum option you can go with. It works, yes. It does the yeah. job for sure. Like you, in realistically, in a hobbyist shop or in any of our shops where we have a uh, garage, the amount of length you're going to have on that flex PVC is not going to lose enough CFM for it to be an issue. So Pete is correct. That yeah. is correct for the yeah. majority of our shops. That's the minimum to be. Yeah. Dan? I knew some oh, of wait, them. No, oh, Dan no, already no, went. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, there. Uh, it was so quick. Uh, Dan... <laughs> <laughs> and we well now we're going into the giveaway, giveaway right? real yes. quick and then we'll get back let's to talk it. about this week's giveaway shall we please uh, this week's giveaway sponsored by Macbeth Hardwood Macbeth is Macbeth, Macbeth. is going to be a bow shield T9 tool care kit 3 pack sweet I love, and Mike I love can shield. tell you what that is <laughs> yes so bow shield is so it's actually BOE Bow Shield. It's actually short for Boeing because this technology oh. was developed by Boeing to reduce oh, friction wow. on the space shuttle. And that is the truth. Um, the They have a few products that they offer. Um, the main product is T9 Bow Shield. It's for your cast iron. You can spray it on your cast iron. You let it sit. Once it builds a film and starts to dry, you buff it off and it makes your cast iron super smooth and it prevents it from rusting. They also have a rust remover. Do you have it in front of you, Dan? But uh, they have a rust remover and they have a uh, cleaning solution, I believe, in that nice. kit. I, I can't remember 100%, but I, I believe I have that same kit. What um, I have in front of me is this is a $37 value. Boom. Yeah, so it's it's a good setup. And I've had my can of 
bow shield for like two years. It lasts forever. And I clean my wow. cast iron every three months. So the th- awesome. um, when, what I do is I hit it with like a light duty scotch bright pad and some WD-40, uh, which I could probably just use the rust remover stuff. But I hit my, t- my cast iron with that and then I spray it down with the bow shield. Anyway, back to you, Dan. Sorry. Yeah, so that's going to be this week's giveaway. And the secret code phrase is going to be DD Dust Collection. DD Dust Collection? Yes. <laughs> DD Dust. I love it. <laughs> it's going to be a brand. I made that up. I didn't run it by the guys. That's oh. the secret code phrase this week. So you need to send it. DD Dust Collection. You need to send that to us on our IG at anotherwoodshoppodcast.com. And wait. No. Back up. Yeah, it could also be DDDC. <laughs> Let's back up here. Yep. Send DD Dust Collection to our IG at another Woodshop Podcast. Or you <laughs> want to send that to us in an email at another Woodshop Podcast at gmail.com. You will be entered for this week's giveaway sponsored by Macbeth Hardwood. Thank you, Macbeth. Thank you, Macbeth. It's that simple. Yeah. It's that simple. Okay. Is that it? Cool. Cool. That's it. That's exciting. Right. Did we announce the winner of the giveaway? Oh, oh, yeah. Last week's giveaway was Michael Bauer, and I already nice. reached out to him um, on IG. He won last week's giveaway, which was the 750 milliliter container of Ecopoxy. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. So yeah. be on the lookout for that, <laughs> Michael. We're all bourbon-y. That's a dope prize. It's dope. It's fire. All right, so this next question. Stop it. You're doing you're using it wrong. Yeah, I'm doing it in, in on <laughs> Just <purpose>. stop. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, this next question is from John with Texas Yankee Carpentry. He's got a question about router tables. Hey, what's going on guys? John from Texas Yankee Carpentry here. I just have a question. Uh, I want your guys' opinion on whether I should build my own router table or buy a whole router table package. Um just trying to figure out which one would be, I don't know, more sensible. Because um, if I built the whole entire table myself, I'd have to build the top, get the lift, get the router, build the cabinet, or get a rockler stand and close it in plywood and all that. Or I just buy the whole complete router table package. I am looking at the Jessam one. It seems to be a solid choice. Um, obviously, if I got the table package, uh, it would save me time. And time is money. So, I don't know. I just wanted your guys' thoughts on build one or buy one. Uh, I love the podcast. You guys are killing it. Keep it up. And I hope you guys are all doing good. Pete. So, uh, John, I think router tables are the new dovetails. Everyone's got to do it. So, I think you should build one. If you don't have one built yet, you got to build it. Yeah, like the full set, the Incra or the Jessam ones, they're like really fancy, but... Honestly, like, yeah, get the lift, get the, you know, a couple some of the hardware, get some T-Track, but build it to your own, you know, your own liking. You got to build it. That's just my thing. I think building router tables, uh, rite of passage. What about you, Dan? Well, I think it comes down to how much you're pumping out of your shop. Um, if, you, if you're swamped with orders, client orders, you know, maybe the best route for you would be buy a router table that's already assembled. If not, and you're looking for content, you know, build the router table and and buy the lift. Maybe it. I yeah. think I think it's a, that's a pretty simple answer. I think, Mike. What do you think? 
honestly, it's basically the same answer as you. It's where it depends on really where you're at kind of in woodworking, I guess. If you're kind of getting started out in woodworking, I think it's a really good project to build for yourself. Uh, you can learn a lot of, there's a lot of important techniques in building a router table that you can practice. And, uh, realistically, you're not going to keep that router table forever unless you build like a super great one. Um, it's possible you could do that. Um, I just literally gave mine away to a local woodworker today, the one that I had built, and I do not regret building it at all. It was a fun project. I used that thing for a year and a half. I'm so glad that I spent the time to build a router table. It was great. Um, I wasn't like on Instagram or on social media when I built it, um, so I didn't use it as like content really, but um, it was a great project for me. I was really proud of it. I built a table. I had my router in there. It felt great. Uh, Now... I would 100% buy one because I just don't care to do it. It doesn't, I just want the thing now. I want it to be done. So it's kind of, it kind of bleeds you into what. Proves your point. You can re- make one. Yeah. I, well, it's not, it's <laughs> not even that. It's just like so much time. I, I you know? But yeah, you're right. Like there is part of that for sure. But like, it's like what Dan said, like there's just like, that's a multi-day project. And sometimes there's not time for that. <laughs> like, especially these days, I just feel like I just don't have time for anything. So, um, Time is money. Like, yeah. He's right on that. Time is money. He is. It is. And yeah. it is important. I mean, if you got like stuff you're doing, you know, that Jessam table, that thing is money, man. That thing's really nice. So, And that Incra table? Dude, oh. Yeah. I saw I that recently. I was picking up a company? bandsaw for a buddy of mine. And the guy had the whole entire Incra table set up for his router with the like the whole fence where it like slides on the center mm-hmm. pivot. Sorry, if you guys hear gunshots in the background, that's fireworks going off. <laughs> oh, my right. Polish Polish Independence Day. <laughs> in November, we went over this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's in right. November. They're firing off sausages. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real thing. They're very loud explosions. Because of the casing. The casing's really- the casing, I love yeah, how this question yeah. went south. Oh, it's right. so, so bad. So bad. I apologize. Um, yeah, I think we answered that one. Uh, you know. Yeah. There's a guy who we get questions from every week, and his who? name is Josh the oh, Dad, but he's colloquial, colloqu- colloquially known as J the D from the Big I G. <laughs> so, oh, nice. Um, anyway, uh, Josh has a great question. Is it a question? Yeah, there is a question in there. It's kind There's of a, a question. Long, it's a commentary. So let's. Uh, it's a good. It's a good question, Josh. Thanks. Hey guys, this is Josh the Dad of Josh the Dad, one of the big IG, coming at you with this week's comment. I just want to apologize to all the listeners. I did not mean for my question to resonate kind of a Debbie Downer in the back half of the podcast last week, but I'm really sorry about that. But I am going to say thanks, guys, because you guys deserve applause for the way you handled that question, um, being real, being honest. And genuine, you guys, you guys did a great job, and and you handle those things with class, and that's what I appreciate about your podcast. Um, so many podcasts out there, they fill you with garbage, they fill you with stuff that they think you want to hear, but you guys, you guys speak from the heart, and I really appreciate that. So thank you. So then this brings up the question, I guess, for the week. Um, you've mentioned other podcasts that you guys have listened to and I've tried to go back and look at the show notes, but you know, I'm kind of lazy. What are, what are your favorite podcasts that you like to listen to that you really get a benefit from, from hearing each week? Because I don't, I don't know of any podcast that's going to beat you guys in quality each time. So there's my question. Have a good week. 
Daniel. Man, that that's a really good question. And I want to I want to say thank you Josh for all the kind words. That's That's a heavy hitting in and of itself. Um I don't I don't listen to many woodworking podcasts to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I like they're I like so boring. making it. I like making it with uh, Jimmy DeResta, David Picciuto, and Bob Claggett. That's that's my favorite podcast of like, of like all time. I really like their 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 flow. I like their uh, the way they interact with each other. I just I really like it. Um, I really like Modern Maker podcast with uh, Benueta, Chris Salamoni, and uh, Mike Montgomery. I just it it really entertains me, and I like I like how they're all different styles of like woodworkers. And it, aside from like a woodworking podcast, I re- <laughs> my wife my wife has gotten me into this, and I almost feel a little bad, but it's it's so great. Um, I like the Office Ladies podcast with uh, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey from <laughs> The Office, Pam and Angela. It's fantastic. We listen to they it. They have a podcast? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh and they go through every episode of the podcast or every episode of The Office. Right. Week by week. And they break it down and they give you insider information. We oh, listen cool. to it. We listen to it the whole way to the Black Hills from Omaha, Nebraska, which was probably a 12-hour drive. It was <laughs> Fantastic. Daniel, what's the name of that podcast? The Office Ladies. The Office Ladies. Yes. And That's there's going an, into there's, show notes. Yes, there's another one that just came out not that long ago oh, called yeah, uh, I can't remember what he calls it. I want to I want to say like he calls it the Oral History of the Office. Yes, I think that's I may right. or may not have a problem with the office. Uh, it's Brian Baumgartner who is who plays Kevin Malone on The Office. <laughs> And he has a podcast called the The Oral History of the Office, and I think he's five five episodes in. Also amazing, it's amazing. Like he, his actual personality is nothing like Kevin Malone in the Office. It is it's fascinating to listen to. It is. I just confirmed on the Googles. It's oral history of the yeah. of the Office. Yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a I great typed in podcast. oral, and it was the first thing that came up. Really. <laughs> Man, wow. it has yeah. changed uh, over the years. So, like, I, <laughs> I think you can only listen to his podcast on Spotify. Spotify, yeah, yeah. Anyway, oh, dare he. those are my podcasts. What about you, Mike? Uh, making it, if we're staying in this realm, making it is definitely huge for me. Um, uh, Wood Talk is very informative. Oh yeah, Wood Talk. Um, you know the other podcasts we've mentioned on the show. We're buddies with these guys. We built the thing. Those guys, you know, make me feel um, bad now for not mentioning. Um, you know, those are if those are other makers that are you know doing the same thing. And then uh, Shop Sounds is out there. That's another podcast. You know, I can't guarantee you're gonna like all these podcasts we name, but we're just naming them off. You know, these are, these are ones. These are guys we know. They're doing podcasts. You asked for this, yeah. Um, I really like Ask Cast with uh, with Paul yes. Jackman. <laughs> oh my gosh, and, uh, I forgot so ZH many good podcasts. And, um, ZH Fabs and uh, Graz. It's not even a maker podcast. It's just them doing like an episode of Jerry Springer every time. It's hilarious. Oh, sorry, is it Ask 
cast? Ask, or ask cast. Ask, <laughs> or Girl, ask you get cast. wild when you back that ask. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the second you listen to it, you'll know. What yeah, you'll talking. get that. Um, so that's those are those are podcasts that are on my rotation. I used to listen before I when I used to have free time before I got into woodworking, I I used to listen to a lot of podcasts and like there's a few like the serial podcast and yes. um criminal um I could bring up my list of pods but there's just like so I really liked crime podcasts a lot um a lot but yeah as I like got into woodworking making it was the first, I mean like Claggett and Pachuto and Deresta those are the guys that I like started, you know, following and getting into this. They were like the guys who like took me into this uh, world. And right. I, man, I've listened to every single. I think they have four hundred. I've listened. I can honestly say I've listened to every single episode of that podcast, just because um, those guys do. I've I've never met those guys, but they mean a lot to me through for my woodworking. So they're really important to me on a, a kind of. Um, What's the word? Not emotional level, but uh, they, they mean a lot to me. That that podcast podcast means a lot to me because they helped usher me into something that I truly love, which is woodworking. So that's a, those are those are my that's my lists. Bourbon Mike out, Pete. <laughs> Words hard. <laughs> so uh, first part, first answer is ditto to, to all those. Yeah, the ass cast, mm-hmm. uh, ass cast, ask. making it all like those are the classics. Uh, I mean, to throw it in there too is. Uh, I think we all listen to Wood Talk. Uh, yes, you know. I forgot to mention Wood Talk. Yes, thing. like Wood Talk is just like you say it without you know what, like you don't even mention it because like well obviously you listen to Wood Talk because they're they're great. Uh, one that I would recommend that and this isn't for everyone is Shannon uh, Rogers's uh, podcast. That's an offshoot of Wood Talk. It was a segment of Wood Talk, which is the lumber industry update. If you want to learn about wood. And properties of wood and uh, selecting wood and grading a lot, like really nerd out on a stuff. If you get into that, check out Shannon's Lumber Industry Update. Um, he's the Renaissance Woodworker on Instagram and YouTube. And that's that's a really good one because it actually has a lot of really, really good information. Again, it's it's like going to school. It's it, For some people, it's a little dry, but the info in there, if you really listen, is really freaking good. Um, aside from that, I... One that I listen to is kind of kind of a guilty pleasure is uh Evan and Caitlin. Uh they they do a podcast. They have a they they're they're a set of ma- or they're married. They're they have an amazing dynamic between the two yeah, of them. Yeah, I love those two. Me and Emma have like fallen in love with them. We listen to their, you know, podcast now. We watch their their shows. They have a good dynamic and they they're they're so genuine about the fact that they're like we're just trying to figure this out. We're just doing this with you. So it's not like a video of like how to, it's a watch us figure out how to. <laughs> well, they have, they have t-shirts that say make, fail, make, make fail, fail, make, make, fail, make. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's exactly. perfect for them. They, they fully uh, go into that and their podcast actually covers a lot of good stuff about content creation. Uh, it's actually given me a lot of good info about like how YouTube works and how some of this background stuff works and the equipment they use. They're very transparent about it. So I do enjoy that. Um, and then that's, I mean, I have some other ones, but I'm not even going to talk about them because I feel like, like some, I listen to like Dave Ramsey for like money management help. Ugh. And then there's some other ones for like, uh, for just like the murder mysteries too. I, I was big into that for a while. So 
That, well, I feel, I feel bad for bringing up the Office podcast now. You guys are all like yeah, woodworking should. and making podcasts. We're trying to focus on the woodworking office. ones, but there's so many like garbage podcasts I used to listen to. But and there's still so do. many really great podcasts. It's a but really cool space. I mean, it's. I mean, look at. I mean, there's that another woodshop podcast that play that show's amazing. Yeah, so <laughs> and they're all so different. The dynamic so good. Well, no. you guys read the reviews. I mean, yeah. they're they're fire. <laughs> Oh jeez, good. I'm glad Dan's on this side with me. Again. No, <laughs> I'm um, slowly like coming over to your side. But for really, but for really, reallys though. Before really, J, J the D, <laughs> J the J D. D. No, Josh, J the really. D, bro. That was Dan said it, but I want to say it too. Um, Pete said he didn't want to say it, which I thought was rude. But I wanted to say that's a lie. That's a bold face lie. <laughs> I wanted to say J the D. I, I love you. Yeah, Josh, thank you for that message. That's or for that call in, man. That's really really nice. Yeah, and, it was great. Uh, yeah, Josh, you're not a patron, so you don't know this, but when we do our sound check, you're literally the the sound check that I do. Oh right yeah, now. Josh is so the like, sound check. Mike check, Dan check, Josh the Josh dad the here, dad and then won. if I peek, I know I'm fine. My audio is yep. okay. We really appreciate yeah. you, Josh. Always you. calling in every week. We really do. So thank you so much, man. So You're a celebrity gentlemen, we're at one minute or one one minute. We're one, one hour minute. six minutes. We can time seems real quick. Um. <laughs> We want to get want to get another question, a couple questions in here. You want to kind of get yeah. through this list? We Let's got a do lot one more. more. Do uno mas. One or two, I'll dial up the dittos. Okay. Uno mas, por favor. Let's do uno mas, and maybe we'll do dos mas. Yeah, maybe tres mas. Um, <laughs> Calm down. Maybe uh, maybe cuatro mas. Uh, all right, this is from Adam uh, Brady, and he has a question about woodworking. Hey, guys. Um, Adam Brady here. Wanted to get y'all's take on how to calculate how many board feet you guys need for your projects, um, if you guys use SketchUp and do a layout in SketchUp, or you guys just jam it by hand um, and interested, um, typically how much waste you guys are left over on your projects on average. Thanks. Daniel. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was pointing at Pete. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Pete. If, if, if you <laughs> saw the video, you saw me pointing at Pete. Um, anyway, I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> um. I, I've recently like started using Fusion, which is great. Um, so I will I will draw up my sketch in Fusion, and Pete's helped me with the two sketches I've done so far. But That's after after I draw that up, I will I will like hand hand write down like all the lumber I'm going to need for that project, and then I do my formula, you know. Three times the material plus 10%, you know, all that stuff. So it's kind of a hybrid uh, digital versus pen and paper, I guess. And it's, you know, if you don't know how to figure out board feet, it is, um, what is it? Uh, one inch thick. 12 by inch by 12 inch by 12 one inch. inches by 12 inches. Yeah. What? It's a volumetric measurement. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do the length. Times width, width times thickness, and then divided by 144. Inches, divided by 144. Yes, you get your. Boyfriend. But everything has to be in inches. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Okay. Peter. Uh, for me, I, I think a good starting point is if you know the dimensions of your build. If like you know, most of your material is going to be for an inch thick or three quarters of an inch. You need you know you need to get about. Five quarter inch lumber, four quarter inch lumber, which I guess we never really got into the quarter stuff. If you guys want to know more about it, write in, ask us questions about it. Uh, 
But I kind of just go off of the basic, like, all right, I have this many tops, I have this many legs, I kind of stack it all up together, and I go, all right, total, that's 10 board feet of lumber. I, the rule of thumb is always you want to get a little more. Yeah. I go even above that, because that's a quick and dirty way of, like, getting your measurements. So I'll go about 20% over that. Um, because for all, for me also for the projects that I build, I'm okay with having a little overstock of yes. certain woods. Yes. If I have some extra walnut or maple or ash, Not I'm a bad fine thing. with that. Not a bad thing at all. If I have a lot of overstock of Paduke or Purple Heart or You build a lot of whatever, projects like, out of solid Purple Heart, Pete? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Just, uh, <laughs> just saying. Like there's certain woods that I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the $3,000. <laughs> And I would then go to like Fusion or, you know, I used to do SketchUp when I was first starting out. But Throwing in reality, if you just get a ballpark of like the surface, like how much volume metrically do you have, like Dan said, of your design, just go with that plus 15, 20%. You're yeah, going to be fine. Exactly. That's what I do. Yep. Mike? Add 15%. Uh, Mike. Ditto. 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 I run with 15%. 15% is my, uh, my material overage. And 15% is my overhead and profit as well. So that's the number I run with. So Are you uh, are you going just uh, handwritten, kind of hand-drawn, or are you going with those, whatever you're getting out of a SketchUp? Or uh, well, it depends. Fusion. I mean, uh, I'm doing a lot more stuff in, in uh, Fusion, but... Um, but there's the, no, like, plug-in for it? For well, you can pull that cut, cut list, list out. I mean, you can run that cut list thing. and Well, it's not a cut list. What do they call it? A parts list. You can run that yeah. parts list, and if you clean up that parts list, you can actually get a really nice cut list out of it uh, as long as you spend the time cleaning it up. And you can actually very Ain't nobody quickly – got time fig- for that. I do it every time. It's nice. Uh, it takes not very much time, actually. Uh, everybody got time for that. Nobody. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it depends on the size of the project, honestly. If I'm going to draw it up or if it's like a shop furniture thing. Unless I'm planning on making plans to sell, I'm not going to make plans for it in Fusion. So, um, it depends. But Fusion, cool. I do like Fusion to be able to break down. It really helps you quantify all the different parts of the piece. And that's obviously the value of the of the, prog- the program is that you can see every single piece kind of in an exploded view. And it's really – it's much more difficult to miss – like, oh, I forgot to factor in all the aprons to this or something like that because they're kind of exploded. You can see them also. Um, anyway, I do the same thing as you guys. Ditto. ditto. <laughs> it's just ditto. ditto. That was yeah. a long answer for a ditto. Well, Pete yeah, asked me ditto. something in the middle. And I, I asked a follow-up. He had to ask the follow-up. This is really, once again, Pete's answered. fault. Um, uh, what's the next question? Is it a quick one or do we – I don't remember what – oh, uh, I don't remember what it is. One hour 11. Yeah, we usually run an hour and 20. People don't mind. Let's do this one real quick and not argue about it. This one's from Adam's Custom Made. Hey, guys. This is Adam from Adam's Custom Made. A question for you. When considering a shop redesign or restructure, what would you say are the top three things that uh, you should consider when thinking about setting a shop up for the most efficient shop flow? Pete? Um, efficiency, uh, Mike. What about you? I'm gonna say efficiency. Dan. Dan. Dust collection. <laughs> Shit, get the hell out of You're here! Bit. You're <laughs> bit. You You're put us up to this, and then you throw a wrench. <laughs> we practiced this. We rehearsed for three hours for this. Efficiency, efficiency, dust beginning. collection. Freaking Dunlap. <laughs> Daniel Dunlap dust collection. 
But oh, yes, DD if I may collection. give a DD longer a- answer. Yeah, it's it's efficiency. It's your workflow. Yeah, like efficiency. When something yes, comes into yes, your shop. Yes. What is it hitting first? You know, I was being uh, a miter saw. I was being a Dunlap table saw. Being Such a Dunlap. Dunlap sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, efficiency. Dunlap. Efficiency rules all. But also consider if you're if you know if you're actually trying to lay out your shop, consider power and dust collection. That's important too. So those three things. That's my answer, Michael. Uh, I thought we already we already did this. I don't know. Well, we said it's right? definitely. It's I, mean, I agree with Pete. It's ditto. efficiency, power, and dust collection. I mean, those are the things that really really determine what my shop looks like. Um, and then, you know, way, way, way down the list, I was thinking about, you know, filming stuff in there. Uh, but it was a factor when I was organizing my shop. But it just so happens that in my case, and I think in most cases, when you have an efficiently laid out shop, it actually works really well for the filming aspect of it as well. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of it for questions. Ditto. We got, through a lot, we got through a lot of questions. We still have a lot of questions. They're going to roll over to next week. If you're listening and it didn't hear your question. Oh, we uh, got so many questions this week, We got week, so guys. many questions. It's getting to the point now where we're going to have to start kind of picking and choosing. So you might want to make a good question next time, huh? Um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> we, 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 we are, we'll still have it played eventually. Yeah, we, we'll, well, <laughs> yeah, we'll play and we'll, we'll try not to do a call for questions next week. <laughs> I don't know if you want to say that, but um, it's too yeah. late now. Bourbon Mike. Um, so let's. <laughs> I said Urban Mike. Urban Mike. It's Urban my, Mike. It's my other Urban Mike. DIY stuff. Urban, Urban Mike, Mike wears a, a bandana on his head. That's his TikTok <laughs> handle. Bourbon Urban Mike. Mike. Urban Mike looks Urban a lot Mike. like Prison Mike. Prison Mike. Prison Mike. The Dementos. Um, I knew Dan would the, laugh. The worst thing about prison is, is the, the Dementors. Dementors. Um, <laughs> And they never caught me neither. I think we've done this bit on the show a few yeah, times. Yeah, we have, but it's a great bit. <laughs> let's uh, let's ribbity rappity wrap this thing up. Uh, yes, let's. Hey, well, Pete, should I? Yeah, Pete, I want you to. Yeah, I'll do, oh, I'll do it. Yeah. Don't threaten me with a good time. I won't. I want to do a big thank you to our patrons and a huge thank you to our sponsor, Bear Hollow Supply, for all your badass hardware needs. Boom. And Bear Hollow Supply is great. Um, and... Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for uh, hitting us up on Instagram. Uh, we do appreciate all the comments, all the reposts. We're still trying to grow. We're still a very small podcast. We want to grow bigger. We want to do this and keep doing this. We have a blast doing it. We really do. And it's you true. can tell because we just have fun. We just now, you know, the first one was very professional. We wore shirts and ties. You couldn't tell there was no video. <laughs> now it's just we're drinking. We don't care. But we still have a blast. And we I'm want you guys to call it. in. I know we're saying we're not going to do a call for questions, but keep calling in. Yeah, we need. We always questions. need a backlog it's of a questions joke, for sure. Keep calling in. Yeah, Michael's <clears throat> serious. I'm not. Keep calling in. <laughs> you are serious. <laughs> oh, or send us. Yeah, well, I'm serious about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, call in with questions. Uh, you can call. Uh, the the number is. I'm definitely not stalling. Uh, <laughs> it is seven five four two two five five. 297 or 754 call AWP. Yes, we're that badass. We have our own name and our phone number. But the best way to do it is record it on your phone in a voice memo. Send it over to another woodshop podcast at gmail.com. And please make sure to leave a review. Five stars only. Yes, the system's still broken. Don't try to test it. It's not going to take a four star or lower. Just leave us the best review you can. And make sure to check us out on YouTube. Instagram and our podcast on Patreon. And I guess if you're one of those people, check out Mike and Dan on TikTok. 
I have a I have a I have a TikTok video that has 150,000 views. That's yeah, which cool. is like which cool. is like a hundred likes on Instagram. Like that's the equivalent. That's basically that's yeah. awesome. Let me know when you have 300. <laughs> I'm kind of big um, on TikTok now. The uh, the other thing was we got shared a lot this week by everyone out there, yeah. and Pete touched on it, guys. I don't know that there's much that helps the podcast grow more than sharing the podcast. Word of mouth uh, is yeah. Keen. I mean, word of mouth. I mean, we we really appreciate the shares, and please consider sharing us in your stories. Um, it really helps get the word out a lot. We got a lot of reshares this week, like a lot. I think there was five a day I was resharing, and we can we cannot thank you more for that. We just really appreciate it. And thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. we hit a thousand followers on Instagram. Oh, As yeah, a giveaway, we we're giving right. away our answers next week to your questions. You're welcome. <laughs> Remember Dan when we were gonna try to get the podcast's Instagram to ten thousand before Pete? <laughs> Did Pete know about this? I don't know if we told him. I don't remember. I don't hey, hey, I'm at 11K. I'll have you know. We were Me and Dan were going to start a big campaign to get the podcast <laughs> Instagram to 10K before Pete. You guys, you know, they 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 hate me. We love Pete. We would have hey. never actually followed Pete. I love, love you like no, a stud kid. Tough. Straight up love you. Straight up love Son, you. Son, you like left at the hospital. Wow, <laughs> what? We weren't going to talk about that on this one. But on a lighter note, <laughs> no, thank you for uh, listening. I, I want to throw in. I want to throw in my two cents. Of time. I want to throw in my two cents. Um, yes. The the community support we've got for this podcast yes. is just fire. Unbelievable! <laughs> it is fire. <laughs> yes, it. it is unbelievable. Um, the amount we've grown is just astonishing. So yeah. thank you, everybody. Yep, for sure. That's it, Pete. You can continue. Yeah. You can continue. <laughs> That's it. That's all, all it is. Let's Thank you it. guys for listening. I yep. love it. Yep. I appreciate all the patrons, our sponsors. I appreciate these two goofballs. Uh, I believe it's Mike and Dan, right? Yeah. Thank you for being yes. on my show this week. And <laughs> I will see you guys next week. I love you all long time. Love you long time. Love you long time. Did anyone crash? No. That was gross. That tastes a lot like my dinner and bourbon. What's on my bench?